Welcome to the Freelance Revolution Podcast. I'm Leah. And I'm Sarah. We're both seasoned freelancers running successful online businesses that allow us the flexibility to live the lives that we want. We do different work as freelancers. We find our clients in different ways and we have different business models. The one thing that unites us is a passion for helping others work on their own terms. We're not here to give you a silver bullet or sugarcoat the work it takes to develop and run a successful business. We're here to guide you through the journey we've already taken, bust common myths about the freelance lifestyle, and give you the support you need to keep going when things get tough. The Freelance Revolution podcast is brought to you by Freelancers Align, our free community for freelancers and solopreneurs. Did we mention that membership is free? Go to freelancersalign.com to learn more and sign up. Hi, Leah. Hi, Molly. Hello. Hi. How are you guys? Good. How are you? Good. I'm happy to be back. Yeah, we're happy to have you back. Um, This is, as we were chatting about before we hit record, I think this there's so much to talk about here. And um, I deal with this. I think Leah deals with this. I think literally every single person that I work for as a client deals with this. So um, I think this is a important topic and a timely topic. And um, so today we're talking about sort of a variety of things, Um, how to um, know when you need a VA, how to like pick the right VA and how to set yourself up so that you're ready to use a VA effectively. Um, yeah, I think those are all the things. Yeah, it's a lot. We'll see how far we get. Maybe there will be another spinoff after this. Um, Molly, you wanted to get, do you want to get us started? I think you're the, I think you're the expert here. Cause I think we are both like, we know that we're not good at, we know that we're not necessarily good at this yet. So, but you know that there's a need, you know, we were just talking about how you have multiple clients and we all recognize that we have to, at some point relinquish that control and let someone else support our business and give us more time back for the things that we need to do, which is what we talked about in the last episode a lot. Uh, I think when it comes to delegating, there's four steps I'm going to think through, and then we can kind of pull coals in and you can ask some questions. But I think the first one is identifying what you need to delegate. And that's a really, really hard thing. I think as solopreneurs, which seems most freelancers are, most people in our networks probably are right now, before you start hiring your first VA, you're doing everything. You're the jack of all trades. So what I walk my clients through is an exercise where they write down all the things that they do and then circle only the things that you physically have to do. Everything else technically can be delegated and people do that and they freak out because like, I can't let, I can't let someone else build my course page or I can't let someone else post my social or I can't let someone else write my newsletter, whatever, eight eight different things or check my email. Uh, And I think that that is something that you, you hire a business coach talk to a therapist. I mean, seriously, there's all these things like, cause it's a control thing. Cause you can, and you're going to, if you want your business to scale and, and grow. So uh, recognizing that and then taking it a step further, realizing like, okay, you're not going to actually outsource your entire business at the get out the gate. So what goes first? And for me, I think it's a combination of uh, there's, there's, let me make sure I get this right. There's 
something that Dan Sullivan, he is the founder of Strategic Coach. It's a pretty amazing coaching program that they do workshops out of Chicago. And he has a a method where it's um, things that you're incompetent at, like you literally should not be doing these things. You're competent at, um, shoot guys. And then you're like good at, like you, you can do it, you can get by and then you're exceptional. And I'm getting these last two wrong. I'm using the wrong words, but it's the same idea. And really you should focus on the incompetent and competent things first and get them off of your plate. You should not be doing them. So you almost have to rank things for you. Maybe get an accountability buddy and get out of your own head and do this with them. Um, but I think that that's the best place to start instead of the things that you're actually really, really good at and should be doing. And it's likely that those things are the things that you circle that you should be doing, right? You, you're the one that could be doing them. It's your zone of genius, if you will. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a good place to start. And then that kind of creates your job description. Um, and I can keep, I'm going to keep going a little bit. So not only is it what you're going to outsource, but who are you, are you going to outsource to, right? It, and they have to have the skill set, but they also have to be the right person. And we talked a little bit, and I share this a lot. Marie Forleo has that quote, like, everything's figure outable. The importance of having a VA that actually lives by that will say, that's the golden ticket. That's the thing that I preach to my students all the time. If there's one thing you can exude to a client in an interview, if there's one thing that a client can look for in a VA, it's that they have the ability to figure it out. Uh, the the last thing we want to hear as business owners is from a, an employee or a contractor is, oh, I don't do that. That's not something on my list that I do. Like th- that doesn't help us. Um, and And when I say figure it out, if they don't do it, they can hop on Upwork and have someone create the thing for them, you know, like I'll handle it. That's all we care about. Uh, so that's, that's really important. And then the traits that matter to you, you know, are you looking for someone that's really bold and outgoing and structured and they like, they're going to tell you what to do. I have a lot of clients that want that versus a virtual assistant or support staff. That's like more like, Hey, I'm here for you. Just send me the list of things you need each week and I will take care of it. So there's different personality sets that can work that way with them. Uh, communications are really, 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 really important thing. So asking the right questions. And people always say, well, how do you ask that question in an interview? Communication starts the minute you engage with your potential virtual assistant. How are they emailing you? How are they scheduling? Is it clear? Are they sending you a Zoom link? Is is it clear that you're going to hop on a phone call? All of those little things, if it's if it's choppy, that might be something to kind of consider. That's all communicating effectively in the virtual world. So um, I think those are the, the ways that you kind of, I call that identity, like identifying what and then the who and just some ways to go about that. I love that. I think <clears throat> one thing I would like add to the first part is... Um, Excuse me. I always, when I'm coaching people on this kind of stuff, I'm always asking them, what are you, what are you good at? And what do you love doing? Because I think there are also a lot of um, people, myself included, who are good at things that they don't actually like. And so I think you get into a place like, I'm re I'm really good at scheduling meetings. Like I'm really good. at Like I'm good at the follow-up. I'm good at the initial email. I'm good at the systems, but like, should I always be the person scheduling those meetings? Probably not. Um, 
do I like doing it? Like, I don't know, media, like mostly. And I think you probably um, find people saying this a lot is like, I think I can do it like better and faster than like some of the other people that I work with. And so like, I'm like, I'll just do it because it's going to take me less time. I already know I'm good at it. Um, I don't hate it. I don't love it. It's just like kind of media. And so it's like, I'm just curious of like, how do you, um, like, how do you walk people through some of those like tricky areas? Like, I'm sure, like you said in the beginning, there's all these things where they're like, I can't let someone else do that. Like, what does a conversation look like where you're pushing someone on that? Like, you know, maybe you can let someone else do that. Yeah. You have to get people. I mean, this is like with anything, right? Uh, cause we can do anything. You have to get people to see the other side. So, so it's, it's a little personal development here, a little meditation, right? It's like, imagine your life without ever having to schedule something again. Like that sounds great. I'm with you. Like it's something I'm, I, I'm really, really good at, but I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to spend my time scheduling my client stuff. Um, so you have to get them on the other side of that. Like you never have to do it again. They're like, oh, and it works perfectly for you. Someone else that's an expert in doing that is going to handle it and it's all going to run smoothly. You just have to follow your agenda and they, you have to kind of put them in future state. That's what I'm saying. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so back on when you said that someone can like open your emails and respond, like that would be that would be like the best thing ever because there's still like, I feel like I do a good job managing my inbox, but there's still some times where I'm falling asleep at night and I'm like, Oh shoot, I forgot to like respond to them. And I run out to my computer and quick respond. Like, no, like that would be the best thing ever if I didn't have to respond to emails. Yeah. So there's a perfect, and email is probably the, one of the hardest things for entrepreneurs, us to give up. Like, think about it. It's like you're, bl- it's mm-hmm. just life. So, yeah. That um, also falls into a category for me where I'm like, I don't know. Like, I, I know, like, from my clients and like colleagues and other people I work with, everyone's on kind of a spectrum of, again, with all things, what you're good at, what you're not good at. And like, email is one of those things where I'm like, I, I feel pretty confident that I'm like, in like above the 50th percentile of people who are good at email. I don't know if I'm like the best at email, but I'm like thinking of, I feel like that's all, uh, email is a really good example for me of something that if I was going to delegate that, which I'm not going to lie, like literally makes like the hair on the back of my neck stand up when I think about delegating that, um, that would involve like a lot of trust. Like okay. ha- like not just the trusting that they're like responding in the right way with the right responses and like the right tone and the right like for like I'm real crazy about like formatting and like all those good you know, like you ever get one of those emails with like seven different fonts in one email. Um, but also just like having someone in your inbox feels like a really vulnerable thing. And so like how do you um how do you talk to um clients about like this like level of trust that they're going to like build with their virtual assistant. So trust is earned, not, um, what, what do they say? Can you help me with this? Do you guys remember? Trust, trust is earned, earned, not given, not given probably. Uh, so be smart, right? When someone comes and starts working with you, you're not going to hand them the keys to the empire right away, but you have to be open to them earning that. So the the easiest 
term to use for this is truly it's baby steps. So when we look at that list of the things that you're going to outsource, uh, what are the things that are low, uh, can't screw it up, kind of, if they did make a mistake, it's not the end of the world. You're not letting them probably send emails to your list right away. Maybe they're they're probably not emailing on your behalf right away. Um, scheduling, if you have a really hectic schedule, that's something might be kind of, you know, week three, month two, whatever it is for your business, everybody's different. Um, so focusing on the things that you can really kind of see how they work with you, see their level of responsibility. Again, working with them, not only the output that they have, but how they work with you, the communication style they have, the grammar that they're using, the way they're scheduling is all how they're going to work towards your clients or, or the services that you're providing. So it's all a test, right? It's all comes together as a way for you to assess them. So start with tasks that are duplicatable, simple, you know, could be something about around data, like start tracking all of my followers, um, start posting on social media. To me, that's a low threat. All that stuff can be deleted, probably. Um, I'm trying to think of, of basic things that virtual assistants do. You know, the, screwing up travel is something that probably needs to be trust it. Like let's make sure they're competent because that can cost you money. You just kind of assess the things on your list before giving it to them and start slowly. I think what's also really important when you bring on a VA is the onboarding process. Again, another place to really build trust and understand them and trust your gut. Like people are good people, virtual assistants, if they have an experience doing it or they're trained in, in the industry, uh, they're good at what they do. Like assume that they are good. Like, don't think that they're going to screw everything up because that's not going to help anyone. Uh, so at some level, you do have to, you know, let them do the work for you. Let yeah. them make a mistake. God forbid we all make mistakes. Yeah. Um, so I think that's really important. Um, so having the onboarding process is super, super important for everyone involved. And, and that includes making sure they have all the right assets to do their job right, have access to your accounts if needed to do the, the right job. And, and there's no other way to say it when we're talking about trust other than you just got to you got to give it a try mm -hmm. and know that that you can do that. Some things to put in place like LastPass, you don't have to give them all of your passwords. You can certainly use LastPass um, or some or one password or whatever people are using. Uh, and that's another way to protect you if you're one of those people that's not going to be like, hey, here's my Kajabi login. Go for it. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I think you said the exact thing that I've been thinking that I was thinking in the beginning is um, really like trusting your instincts about a person. I because I think you're absolutely right. Hmm. Sometimes we. um Sometimes we see some of those like red flags in the beginning, but we like sweep them away. So like, oh, they like. The, you know that email the tone in that email like came off really weird but like it's probably fine or like the you know whatever it was like you said like the way that they're interacting with you is the way they're going to interact with your clients um if they end up being client facing um mm -hmm. but like I also see this <clears throat> in all types of hiring with um people that I work for and with is that um sometimes you'll be like oh like my original instinct was like maybe they weren't the right fit. But like after like a few conversations, like we came around and like everything was fine. Those hires never turn out well, like never. So I think that like trusting your gut and I love the thing about the baby steps too, because I think that like when you're thinking about 
hiring a VA and like outsourcing all these things, you're sort of thinking about that future state, like the Mm -hmm. end where you're like, oh, like I have this amazing VA and like everything is automated and I'm not doing anything. And like they're taking care of everything, but it's not going to get like that overnight. Like you also have to, there's a lot, I think of, um, um, a lot that falls on the person who hires the VA to make sure that you're most people I know are not great at like onboarding and other things like that, um, like automatically. So I think there's like so much there too about like, how do you set someone else? How do you set that person up for success um, once you find the right person? Yeah, I, I think, um, yeah, I think keeping all of that stuff in mind is, is extremely important. And I just want to echo like it, don't be hyper judgmental about all of this, just again, I keep saying, trust your gut. It is an important part of who we are as people, like your intuition and your gut are very important pieces to the puzzle. Um, But don't feel like, oh, okay, I'm going to like read this email and make sure nothing's wrong or, you know, just make sure that that's not a state that you put yourself in. I just want to echo that. Like no one wants to be micromanaged. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So I think that's really important. Um, Something else to consider when making sure you have the right person. And I know cost is always a thing for people, especially when they're starting out, you know, the investment in hiring someone new can be scary. Uh, you got to make sure you can make money by outsourcing to them. Like you're outsourcing, you know, let's just for simple math, a thousand dollars a month. Uh, I would hope that your business would then make a thousand dollars more through your efforts not having to do all those tasks, like you're doing more valuable work, whether that's hourly service to a client or selling something or doing some business development and whatever that is. But um, I think when you start considering virtual assistants and their their price point, you can get really great virtual assistants at low cost price points. It, it's, it can happen, they're out there, <laughs> um, but pay attention to that because I think if you're willing, it's it's like anything, quality comes from what you pay for. So it, I'm not telling you to go pay $40, $50 an hour for a virtual assistant, but kind of finding that balance. Like if you have a really cheap VA and they're not very good, it, there's probably a reason, right? They're probably not a professional virtual assistant. They do this for a career. So it's a little bit something to kind of recognize when you're interviewing people. Yeah, I think that's super important. I think, and I think that's like, kind of the advice that we give all freelancers about pricing is like you actually don't want to be the cheapest person (laughs) because it doesn't look good like people don't think the when you see the like lowest person um the lowest price person your first instinct is usually like oh like they're probably not as high of quality as and I don't think that means like you said you're hiring the most expensive person either but like you want to be in line you definitely want to be pricing yourself in line with your peers because the people that are hiring you see that and know what yeah. other people are charging. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, the I guess the I wonder if you could tell us like what are what is like one question that you would say everyone should like ask a VA if they're interviewing them? I think it's important. I have a few. I'll just share some things that I would just do an interview. Uh, first, I'd ask them what their onboarding process is. So that'll give you a, a good insight into their systems and organization and how they take themselves seriously. Also a good indicator that 
they run this like a traditional, a real business. And they're not just someone that's like, oh, I'm just a VA and you're going to task me on Monday and I'm done on Friday. Unless that's what you're looking for. I think that's really, really important. Um, I'd ask them what they do when they make a mistake. It's totally human to make a mistake, but how do you handle it? I'd ask them, and these might seem basic to us, right? But the answers are amazing. Um, I'd ask them what, uh, if they don't know how to do something, what do they do? People kind of take that a step further and come up with something. I'd rather just say, if you don't know how to do something, what do you do? Or if I, if I task you, make it maybe personal. If I task you with something for my business and you don't know how to do it, what are you going to do? And what we're looking for there is, uh, well, first I'm going to Google it and I'm going to research and see if I can figure out how to do it or use my network. Uh, I'm going to see if there's YouTube tutorials on how to do this. Uh, and, and, you know, if I come up short or can't find the right solution, then I'll probably come to you and, and ask for some more information or see if you can support me in this. So that represents that they're figuring it out, at least taking an effort. And there are times, you know, the figure it out attitude that I, that I preface so much, there are times that a client asks something and it, only the client knows how to do it. Like it's not readily available information. So don't think that because they don't figure something out, it, it means they're bad just totally. if it, all the time or it's basic stuff, you know, you can Google that, you know, that kind of thing. I think that's really yeah. important. It's more about the process than like the actual, it's like their process for figuring things out. Not necessarily, not necessarily the actual answer of like, how do you know how to do that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. Those are awesome questions. Yeah. Um, and just backing up, I had kind of four steps. So we had identity assets when you're bringing someone in, making sure they have everything they need. And then in this is kind of the four steps to letting go, I would say, right. Or, or starting to outsource um, competency. So once they're in your business, and this is kind of where you start to build trust, that's where you're going to start to kind of test their level of competency at what they do. And if they're just blowing it out of the park, that's when your trust is going to grow. They're going to start delegating way easier. Um, you know, the, the goal is to have a VA that takes your vision or takes your task and just runs with it. And you don't have to worry about it. That does exist out there, right? So that's what we're looking for when we, we're hiring and trying to nail the best virtual assistant. Um, so, and that takes time, right? Getting in someone's business. It's just like starting a new job at a corporation. You got to learn the systems and get to know the people and learn the product or the service that you're providing on behalf of your client. Um, and then all of that kind of leads to you being able to just trust and, and let it all go. And that's where we want our clients to be. So they're back to enjoying their business, their life, their kids' soccer games at three o'clock on a Thursday afternoon and, and all of that. I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah, those are, I mean, like that's super, like it's, I think you're right. It sounds so simple. Like those questions are so simple, but I also think that those are questions that are, um, simple enough that like they probably don't get asked in a lot of interviews and um, the answers to those are so illuminating about just like people's process and like how they how they approach their work, how they approach their business, how they approach problem solving. I think that like I would probably ask those questions of um, like any freelancer I would hire, quite frankly. Um, <clears throat> I think those are like wow. perfect interview questions. Um, but yeah. And then take it past the interview, right? Um, again, how what do they do after you hang up the phone? 
are they touching base? Are they recapping? Are they providing any, you know, you might have brought up some example of work and they actually showed you proof of the work or said, Hey, call this person and and have a chat with them about the project I did with them, you know, providing all of that, just making the effort to do that. I was uh, talking with one of my VAs the other day. I was very excited and proud of her. So um, LinkedIn is, you know, it's a pool just like anything else of opportunities, but there's a lot of them. And she saw a job posting for a public speaker that she was really, really excited about. And she read the job description, all of it through. And she noticed that there were a lot of specific questions. This is another tip for business owners. A lot of things in the job description and the the application, if you will, that you could tell they were weeding out the pack. So at the very, very bottom, they wanted her to email something to a specific email address and use this subject line and you know all the little things instead of replying on LinkedIn, or I guess there's another way to apply via LinkedIn. I'm not super familiar with that yet. And she was one of 845 candidates and she got the job. And it's awesome. And she's a newer VA and she's so excited. It's a really decent retainer size. And they said to her on the interview, I think they ended up interviewing like 10 people and then whittled it down. Um, There are a few things that she brought up. One, something I teach is is inbox zero, like in the power of how a virtual assistant can help people uh, achieve inbox zero and help clients with that. Um, So she said that word and they were just really excited because I guess in the application, they stressed the organization of email. And then they also said, you were the only one that completely followed the directions of the application. So again, attention to detail is an important thing to have in in an assistant who's in your day to day. So I just thought that was kind of cool. I was just, I was so proud of her too. It was just really neat. So good examples of another way to kind of assess before you hire someone. Mm Mm-hmm. Leah, I feel like you had examples of that from like Upwork too. When we were having the Upwork conversation about like, it was like a pink elephant or something. Yep. People still, I mean, people do that all the time. It's so funny. Yeah. Um, One other thing that I'm just going to go back on for a second. So I have had oodles and oodles of failed virtual assistant relationships. And I think I figured it out. Like. Sarah and I have like banged our heads. Like what is going on? Is it, and I'm starting to, it's like, it's not you, it's me. Like, I'm kind of like, it's me. I just am not supposed to have a virtual assistant. Like, no, I really think I have been the one who's had to do all of the onboarding. None of the virtual assistants that I've ever hired have had a process. Boom. Like, there you go. Like, yeah, process. And here's the funny thing. Like whenever I start working with a client, I always tell them, I don't even let them ask me that question. No one's ever asked me that question because I always preface it with, this is what it looks like to work with, with me. And so when I jump into that, I, because what that does for me is I work with a lot of different clients. I don't want to be working in this way over here with this one, this way over here with that one, and that way over there with that one. Like I want it as streamlined as possible. So when I take control of here's the process, I'm in that driver's seat and then it creates consistency. But I've always had to feel like I'm in the driver's seat with my virtual assistants too. And I just, that's why I'm hiring a virtual assistant because I don't want to be in that driver's seat. 
I want them to just do it. Just do my stuff. And just like freelancers, right? Just like all of us and everyone probably listening, we provide that service, right? If we're web developers, let's just use website development as an example, they for sure have a process. They say, okay, client, this is our kickoff call. I need these things from you. Here's your Google Drive, whatever it is for them, right? Everyone has a different system. Why should a virtual assistant's business, their professional LLC business usually, be any different, right? The way I like to think about it with clients to really sell it home to them is like, they are professional admins. They are so good at being admins that you you shouldn't even, they should be telling you what to do, just like we do with our clients, right? This is how it works. So super great call out to, to make. Mm-hmm. It makes a huge difference. It's rare though to find. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's also like having been, um, you know, back in the day before I worked for myself, like I was, I've, you know, been an assistant. I've been like an office manager. I've been like that. I've been that person, um, not in like a virtual role, but um, I also think that that's like super important is it's like presenting yourself as like a professional and having a system and looking at your business as like running a business. And now we're like sort of talking to the VAs and not their clients, but um I think I think that's like what so what's so powerful about what you do, Molly, is because it's it is a skill set that not everyone has. And I think that a lot of people think that um being a VA is like quote unquote not hard or like whatever it is. Um it's a for sure a skill set that not everyone has. And that's why people I think like VAs are so in demand right now is because like so many people are not good at it's not, it's a lot of it is about capacity and there's just not time to do it all. And like so many people are just like not good at doing those things, the organization, the inbox management, the time management, like all of the moving pieces. And so like having someone who truly is like, that is their natural strength. And they've like built a really comprehensive business around it. It's going to, um, I think it just like, uh, it just like elevates the game of like all of like all VAs, because you're not, you're really looking at it is um, this isn't just, I think VAs often get branded as like, oh, you can just like work whatever, whatever you want in your pajamas. And like, sure, totally. Like my sister's a VA. She does a lot of work whenever she wants in her pajamas. Like, that's great. That's one of the bonuses. Mm -hmm. But I do think that people, it sometimes gets overlooked that like, this is like a legit skill set that not everyone has. And it's a super, um, important value add to business owners everywhere. And I think from the like person hiring the VA, looking at your VA as like a professional and expecting them like going into it with that mindset, I think you're um, going to have a better relationship with that person. And I think you're going to ultimately find like better quality candidates if you're going into it thinking that. Yeah. So it all stems back to that question for business owners asking anyone you hire, maybe, what is your onboarding process unless they provide it for you, right? So I think, and and might catch them on their toes and then they're like, wow, I need one. I'm going to make this up and then I'm going to have one, you know, that if that's what it takes, that's good, you know? So that's important. Yeah, I think that's great. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, um, I think that this was incredibly helpful. I feel like just those, if you, like, especially those interview questions, I feel like already, <clears throat> I'm thinking in my head about like how I'm going to utilize those. Um, yeah. So this, excuse me, was incredibly helpful. Um, final thoughts from either of you? 
I just want to hire another virtual assistant. Yeah. This process. Keep going, Leah. Leah's going going out on Upwork right now. She's like, now I know what to do. I'm going out. I'm finding the right one. I know what I need to. Yeah. I know what I need to figure out or delegate. Um, I I think I just want to echo putting yourself on that other, on that future state that I discussed Mm -hmm. and do this. Far too often, I know you guys have clients that can relate to this, um, or maybe it's us too, all of us. We say we're going to have a, we need support, we need support. And then a year passes, two years passes, four years passes, and we're still doing this. Like this is our life. Like we have to kind of make it joyful and happy. We're the ones that get to do that. So I think this is the number one way that solopreneurs, freelancers, business owners can do this. And it starts with just hiring an admin five hours a week and, and see where it takes you. Yep. So I love, it. love it. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much, Pauline. We appreciate you joining us. Thanks for having me back. Thank it was you. awesome. Thanks for listening to the freelance revolution podcast. Don't forget to check out our free community for freelancers and solopreneurs. Go to freelancersaligned.com to learn more and sign up.